The cancer that journalist Leroy Sievers chronicled for NPR on the air and on his blog took his life this past Friday. When he last joined us on this program in July, his site at npr.org, My Cancer, had become a virtual meeting place for tens of thousands of people, those battling cancer themselves, survivors, their family and friends, all gaining strength from Leroy Sievers and from each other. I like to think that it's all of us together. It's not just me. Um, I get as much from... Those 30,000 people and all the others out there, as, as I hope they do from me, we're all in this together. And, and that, you know, I hope that comes through every day. There are now over a 1,000 comments on the post that notified his readers of his death. We wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about Leroy Sievers. If you'd like to tell us what he and the blog My Cancer meant to you, you can give us a call, 800-989-8255. Email us, talk at npr.org. And you can also weigh in on his My Cancer blog. That's at npr.org slash mycancer. Ted Koppel is still with us. He worked with Leroy Sievers for many years at Nightline. And, of course, Leroy felt like a friend to so many. He was a dear personal friend to you. And, and our condolences, Ted. Thank you. Um, A couple of things about Leroy that I think your listeners need to know if they don't already. For one thing, since this is radio and since uh, neither radio nor the Internet convey a sense of size, you need to know that Leroy was an oak tree of a man, a giant. He was six foot five uh, at times, although he he will still be... uh, not happy with me, no matter where he is right now, uh, for my revealing that at times he would he would tip the scales at over 270, but he had it down, for the most part, down around 240, 250, but a very big guy with a booming laugh. Leroy was a man who literally and figuratively filled any room that he entered. Uh, a man widely beloved by people who have known him as fellow journalists over the years. And that's the other thing. Leroy always believed that it was his success in journalism that was uh, what he would leave behind as his heritage. He was the executive producer of Nightline for five years. Uh, he was embedded with me when we were over uh, in Iraq at the beginning of the war there. Uh, he was, he over the course of the years, covered uh, 12, 13, 14 different wars. He was a phenomenal journalist, a great producer, a man who uh, was personally responsible for many of the great programs that we did on Nightline, and yet... What he and I talked about many times over the last few weeks is how important a role he has played within the cancer community by virtue of of letting his optimism leak onto the Internet and, and help people out there. Leroy was supposed to be dead within three to six months. That was 33 months ago. He tried everything, and and the good doctors and nurses up at Johns Hopkins deserve an enormous amount of credit. He changed their way of looking at cancer because of his own strength of will, his willingness to try any new methodology, his courage, his optimism. He was just a force, and ultimately, that's what he's going to be remembered for. 
If you heard uh, Leroy Sievers on this program, if you participated or read his My Cantor blog, give us a call, 800-989-8255. Email us, talk at npr.org. And, Ted, uh, there was uh, some some clips of tape uh, from the commentaries that Leroy broadcast on Morning Edition. Uh, The program ran some this morning, and and one of the things they uh, ran was uh, his... uh, his call for uh, when he leaves, uh, that his friends all get together and get roaring drunk and, and tell wonderful stories about him. And he said he thought he could rely on his friends to do that. Uh, I, knowing most of his friends, or at least a great many of his friends, I think he can. Uh, a, a very small group of his friends, in fact, gathered just yesterday afternoon together with Leroy's wife and and her sister and his two sisters and two of his nephews. And we went down uh, to one of the locks on the CNO Canal because Leroy and his wife Lori and and I had had hiked along that canal so many times it was a very special place to him. And so we just went down there and we talked about Leroy and raised a glass of champagne to him, ate a little chocolate, and then tossed some flowers into the Potomac uh, in his memory. And uh, I think he would have been very pleased. Uh, as you remember his journalistic career and your work with him at Nightline, uh, surely the memories of the uh, uh, the, the embed in, in Iraq have to be uh, very fresh and, and very poignant. Uh, nevertheless, uh, tell us a little bit of something behind the scenes when you were working uh, there on the program on a regular basis. Well, let me, um, uh, if, if you're talking first of all uh, about the embed, he and I were in the same uh, in the same Land Rover together for about 30 days uh, without any chance to take off our uh, our biochem suits that the <laughs> that the military had given us, without any air conditioning, uh, having to keep the windows of that Land Rover closed because we were always driving behind either a, an armored personnel carrier or a, or a tank which was kicking up massive quantities of dust. And I can say under those circumstances, having driven God knows how many hundreds of miles over those uh, two to three weeks that we that we drove up to, uh, to uh, Baghdad, uh, we were friends when we started. We were friends throughout, and we were friends at the end. And you can't say that of many people when <laughs> you've had to endure those kinds of conditions. You have this email from Nancy in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. I had my question read on the program Mr. Koppel hosted last month with Mr. Sievers. He answered my question, and I was I was, and am very grateful for his perspective and feedback. He helped me with a very sore spot in my emotional life, trying to better understand a loved one who's been fighting cancer. My loved one also listened to the program, and I hope he was able to make a connection with the comments Mr. Sievers and Mrs. Edwards made. Mr. Sievers touched my life, and I imagine that may be his greatest legacy, opening his life, so that we may all understand better. Now let's get a caller on the line. Tom joins us. Tom calling us from Silver Spring in Nevada. Good afternoon. Thank uh, you for having this show. Sure. I found Mr. Seavers very inspirational to me, as I have some of the similar cancers. And I've now gone a year, survived a year and two days. Uh, I live off the grid, have no running water, etc., things like those. So the radio has been a great help to me in here, reading Hearing his situation and also the situation of the previous fellow who did the last lecture, there's one big divide, though, in America now. There's people like those folks whose cancer is is as evil as mine is. They have insurance. Hmm. Uh, An issue that uh, certainly came up on the blog. But I I wonder, Tom, one of the things that Leroy said in his first broadcast uh, was that... uh, 
ultimately, no matter how many people uh, support you, how many friends uh, uh, want to uh, be there with you, uh, that you're there alone. His experience with his blog, he said, uh, convinced him otherwise, that there are so many others in the, in the situation. I wonder, you, uh, living as you do, uh, do you feel alone sometimes? Well, I do sometimes. The solitude has been a great help. I live out in the middle of the desert by myself, and the solitude has been a great threat to my stability. But I have two wonderful dogs, but I've been involved in, they called it animal rights activism out here in the desert. And I've been very political, so I knew lots of people. And I'm trying to point out, my goal is to point out that the average person, the working class, cannot get enough insurance. Can I, can I jump in for a moment, Neil, because I, I, I just want to say amen to everything that, that uh, Tom has just said and that Leroy would be the first to, to support you. The fact of the matter is, uh, A, he did have good insurance, B, uh, because he had been a, a prominent journalist for years and, and had friends with connections too, uh, he was able to get access to absolutely the finest medical care available in the United States through Johns Hopkins, uh, and the difference between that uh, and trying to hack it on your own without insurance uh, you know, can't be exaggerated. I, I totally agree with what you said. It's so so strange. I was offered marriage in Poland, a woman half my age that I knew from working with in Reno, so I'd have health care. In fact, I was getting ready to send Mr. Siebert a shirt. I make and sell shirts to say armed off my meds and can't pay my doctor bills. <laughs> well, I'm sure some people on, on the blog are, are, would might be interested in, in buying some of those shirts well, anyway. GetThisShirt.com. All my doctors wear them, <laughs> and uh, you got to have a sense of humor. But I, I realize, as connected as I am in the community, I live in a 50-year-old trailer with no water, no heat. My dog is out in the desert. There are people that are homeless with these same illnesses. If they cannot explain it to the doctors, doctors in this country are wonderful, but you get the minimal care because you're not paying for it. I am paying mine. And at GetThisShirt.com, it lists my $141,000. Tom, uh, listen, he, he, he would have loved your T-shirt, and he had one draped over the back of a chair uh, at his dining room table that said, Cancer sucks, and I'll bet you, I'll bet you subscribe to that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's been a life-changing thing. It, it really has. Tom, hang in there. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much for your excellent radio. And, Mr. Koppel, nice to talk with you. Thank you. So long. Uh, this is an, an email from Anne in Middletown, Connecticut. I'm a hospice dietitian. I followed and became friends with Leroy over the past two years. He gave me such insight into what my patients and their families go through, and he has made me a more compassionate, professional, and human. How can you thank someone for something as life changes as that? Uh, my prayers are with his family and his friends, all the thousands of us. We're talking, of course, about Leroy Seavers, about his broadcasts here on Talk of the Nation, and about his blog called My Cancer. Our guest is Ted Koppel, who worked with him for many years at Nightline. You're listening to Talk of the Nation from NPR News. And if you'd like to join us, 800-989-8255. Email talk at npr.org. Mark is with us. Mark calling from Los Gatos in California. Hello. How are you? Very well, thanks. Yes, I just wanted to make a, a quick comment. I didn't know Leroy's, uh, watch, his, his, um, uh, watch him on television or see him on television. And I, I first heard him because I'm an avid NPR listener. And uh, I heard his uh, comments. Uh, early on in his therapy when it all seemed like the radiation therapy had, had, had taken care of everything. And so I stopped listening after a while because I thought, well, he was cured. But I was just amazed at 
how he was, even when I heard recently that uh, his last radio address, that, you know, he was told to put all his affairs in order, uh, how selfless he was. I mean, even in his blog, he was commenting on who's going to continue this blog when I'm finally, when, when, when I can't do it anymore. And he was, he, it was focused on that. And those people, when they're, when, when they're sick and they realize that it's the end, they, they tend to become very introverted as to, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to, he wasn't like that at all. And I, it gives some insight because I have an uncle right now in England whose uh, skin cancer spread to his lungs and to his brain, and he's probably mm. passed on in the next week or so. Well, you couldn't you couldn't be more right about how selfless Leroy was. Uh, let me just correct you on one thing. By the time he got to the radio frequency ablation, he had been battling cancer for probably more than eighteen months already. The, the RFA was something that they tried, is, is to a certain extent still regarded as experimental, and one of the, one of the great ways in which Leroy had an impact was to convince the, the medical staff at Hopkins that they have an obligation to lay out to each patient, here's what's available to you. These are the options. You can try this. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. Maybe it won't. But at different stages in, in cancer treatment, uh, obviously patients are going to say, what else do I have to lose? Uh, you know, I'll try it. And in fact, the radiofrequency ablation did help him uh, with a good quality of life for a number of months that he wouldn't have had otherwise. And, Mark, I should say that uh, on uh, several floors above us, uh, as I sit here in Studio 3A, there are discussions underway even as we speak on how best to continue the My Cancer blog. No decisions have been reached as yet, but uh, the uh, I, I think other than the decision to keep it going somehow, and they're just trying to figure out the best way to do that, it is still up and, and, and people are still writing in. I'm sure we're receiving uh, comments even now commenting about Leroy's death. Yeah, I wish in, in retrospect I had I had put the... the, the uh, the email, the blog link to my cousin in, in, in England um, when my uncle was diagnosed. But I think it's kind of difficult because you're kind of recognizing, that, oh, well, he's going to die, and you don't want to think that way. You want to be positive and think, well, maybe he can, you know, blow through this. And, um, and, and so you're kind of in mixed emotions. And in retrospect now, you think, well, this, we can learn a lot from it. You can read it. You can understand what's going on in people's mind because it, it's really hard um, when, when somebody's dying. What do you say to them? I mean, it's it's... And without words. <laughs> yes, um, that's kind of the problem. We all are. And one of the things that Leroy helped us uh, to, to learn was keep on talking about it, even when you think you're without words, to keep on communicating with those who are in a dire situation, to try to understand what they're going through and to tell them that you love them. Yeah, I think that those are very good words. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye. Um, Ted, uh, it's interesting. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, Leroy obviously had a gift for communications, yet uh, for most of his career he, he operated behind the scenes. He did. Uh, but as, as you well know, you have a fine executive producer, too. Uh, the producers who, who help us, those of us who are on the area, the radio or television, uh, do a phenomenal amount of work and are really much more selfless than we are. You and I get the <laughs> you and I get the glory. Uh, they get to explain our mistakes to the to the bosses upstairs. Uh, Leroy was an extraordinarily selfless man, both in his professional and in his personal life. Uh, let's see if we get one last caller. And Angie joins us from Somerville, Massachusetts. Hi. Um, I just wanted to say briefly. I had spoken with Leroy two Novembers ago 
when my husband was waiting for his first chemotherapy appointment in the same place where I had had chemo. And we followed his blog regularly, and even though we knew that he was in the last stages, we were shocked and surprised that he had passed on. And I wanted to say that he still lives on um, for us, and I'm sure everybody else who had the great pleasure and fortune of coming into contact with him in some way, and I wanted his wife and family and loved ones to know that. Angie, thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. Uh, here's an email from Louise. Perhaps the best measure of the worth of a man's life is that someone who never met him, except through the occasional features on the radio, wept on learning of his death. Would that we all would live in such a meaningful way. And we're going to give Leroy the last word, talking about why he didn't like the word battle against cancer. A lot of cancer patients don't like the fighting analogy for the same reason, that, oh, I was fighting the disease and I lost. You know, no one wants to think that way. You fight the disease as long as you can, and, and you have to take it at that. Leroy Seavers died on Friday, but he didn't lose. Ted Koppel, thanks very much for being with us today. Thank you, Neil. Ted Koppel will join us many Mondays to talk about international news. We were talking today about his friend and our colleague, Leroy Seavers, and his blog, My Cancer. I'm Neil Conan. It's the Talk of the Nation from NPR News.